the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Friday. I'm back. It's Arthur Idala, and here I am sitting back at my desk. Now, I'm not wearing a suit and a tie. Don't hold it against me. I, uh, I came back last night on the uh, red eye, so I did not get a, uh, an abundance of sleep. I think according to my Fitbit, I got two hours and 42 minutes of sleep. Let me ask uh, someone who's uh, – we're very lucky to have. Joan's not here. She's uh, off on special assignment. And uh, Alex is all also off on a special assignment, but filling in for both of them takes one person because he's so great to fill in for both of them is the great from the Piscopo in the Morning Show, Joe Sibelia. Hello, Joe. Oh, hello, Arthur. How are you? Are you in, are you in the company of greatness? That being that of Matthew Sambolino. Oh, you know, Sambolino himself, and I love the new is. promo that's airing. Hey, it's Sambolino. <laughs> uh, listen, you got to know Sambolino. So I'm on. I'm basically on three hours of sleep now. I'm. Uh, I know the feeling. Oh, well, I'm like three decades older than you, so it's a little bit of a difference. But since I have you, Joseph, and it's a Friday evening, and we can kind of take it light a little bit. Right. Um, tell the folks what it's like. Waking up at what do you wake up at three a.m.? Not quite three a.m. It's more like four. Uh, what it's like is it's like I'm already awake anyway because I tend to wake up throughout the night a little bit. I think I get nervous. I'm going to oversleep like I did after the client cruise a couple of years ago. So I kind of I wake up at one. I go back to sleep. I wake up at three. I go back to sleep and then I wake up at four. And then that's when I get up and I really get ready for the day. You know, I shower. So how dressed. many how many years you've been doing the Piscopo show? It's going to be my third year producing it this June. So okay. and in three years, how many, how many times have you overslept? Uh, overslept to the point where I missed the beginning of the show one time, which was after the client cruise, where you, think, you drove me Frank, home that night. Right, and there was a young woman there with you. Uh, oh, anyway, no, no, we'll no. We'll talk no. about that another time. Um, <laughs> Good thing was. she's not listening. There yeah. was. Uh, how do you know she's not listening? You know, millions of people yeah. are listening. Oh, well, this, this is, is the number one. She, this is the number one local radio uh, show in, in the city right now. This is true. This is true. Um, so... I think Frank from Staten Island had a, a a little bit of a serious track record of oversleeping and those kinds of things. But let's talk about sleep deprivation. And uh, does that affect sure. you? Oh, definitely. I I find that I get uh, stretches where I'm just probably clinically exhausted, like where I can barely function. And that's when right about when I have to take a couple days off. But even when I take off, it's never really taking off because I still do about 95% of everything I usually do. I just don't actually come into the studio and do 
the show with Joe, but I end up booking the majority of the show. I end up preparing notes for him for each guest and doing the guest list and the contacts. It's it's basically like right. not even a day off. Now you have a little inside look in the life of a uh, morning show. So, uh, so anybody looking to apply for my job, please contact me and uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, Sam Bellino. Hey, what's going tell on? Tell me what's going on. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? How was your trip to uh, AZ? Let me tell you something. It was great. But just tell me, on a scale from 1 to 10, how much did you miss me? Uh, about a 12. A high 12. 12.8, 12.9. Nobody uh, can sit in for you the way. This yeah, is well, true. I, wanna, I, I do want to thank the, two, the, the people who did sit in for me. Joni sat in for me. And uh, Steve Levy sat in for me. And uh, Alex was, Bennett. Yes, Alex Bennett said it. So thank you to those folks. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, you know, where I am and where, where I was. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but I went to go see, I went to Arizona to go see a client. And this is a client who um, we did not get involved with until uh, after his conviction and then his, uh, his appeal, which was unsuccessful. So this is for... Kind of several purposes, but I, I just want to just walk you through it. Um, flying to Arizona is longer than you think. Um, and uh, I, I slept for a little while, but I was all suited up because I had to work. Uh, I had a great uh, lunch on Tuesday with a city council member and another friend of mine, Tony Carbonetti. And I had to be all suited up for that. And then I went right to the airport. And um, my flight, as we're online, to go onto the plane, but I don't think anyone had actually gone on yet. Um, they said, oh, there's a mechanical issue with the plane. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's not exactly what you want to hear, right? When you're about to do like, like a <laughs> five-hour, four-and-a-half-hour ride. I'm like, oh, boy. So, so, like, please sit down, but stay in the boarding area. So I called those. And I had people who I was meeting on the other side in, in Arizona, so I had to contact them. And for about... A half an hour, not long. I mean, there was zero information. The board said we were leaving at 4 o'clock. It was like 4.20, uh, and, and there was no information. I wasn't going to go bother anyone. And then maybe around 4.30-ish or so, 4.40-ish, uh, they announced that they that the plane was out of commission and they were going to find us another plane. Now, I'm assuming, like, it's not going to, like, Avis rent a car and, like, oh, this car's not working. They pull over. There's another one. But uh, I want to compliment... The airline I was on, which I want to say was American. <laughs> I don't even remember. I know I flew Delta home. Uh, no, it was American. And uh, they got us another plane pretty quickly, like within 20 minutes. And uh, we, we, flew, we flew to Arizona. What airport did you fly out of? I flew out of JFK. And um, so when I arrive in Phoenix, there's actually a camera crew there. To, they're documenting this whole trip. Apparently, I'm document worthy. Uh, well, they're, they're doing a documentary on this individual who I was going to see. So they're, um, you know, they're documenting literally my every move. I'm coming out of the airplane. More eyes and more press on you than Joe Biden when he gets off Air Force yeah, One. Yeah, uh, something like that. So, you know, uh, they got a guy going into the rental car. I'm like, can I, go, can I go to the bathroom without that being documented? And, and they gave me that that freebie. Um, and we drove to the, uh, the hotel and it's Arizona, you know, it was night, but it was still pretty because of the time difference or whatever. I took off at whatever, five thirty, but I got there at like eight thirty. Interesting though. We had to drive from 
Phoenix to Tucson, which is where the federal penitentiary is. And I, like, I kind of knew what was up. I've been to Arizona a couple of times before. I've been to middle America before Oklahoma. Like, I know there wasn't going to be like any like nice restaurants or anything like that, that are going to be open and ready to go at nine o'clock at night. But the person who I was traveling with my private investigator, who's a former uh, captain in the NYPD who, you know, he likes to eat. I mean, he's in great physical shape, but he likes to go to good restaurants. And, you know, he he was, uh, let's say, disappointed when the best we could do was go to Chipotle, <laughs> which I had never been to. <laughs> and I, I made, like, such a rookie move because I've never been to Chipotle. There's one on my block here on 45th and 5th, but I I don't really do the, the chains. You know, I'm much more of a mom-and-pop guy. So there's a place on my block here called Cafe Manhattan, which is a very clean place. It's very big. They have all kinds of food. So I go to the mom and pop place. So I don't go to Chipotle, but apparently everyone laughed at me because I walked up to the cashier and that's not what you do in Chipotle. You start at the other end and you're like, yes, I'm going to have a bowl or I'm going to have a salad or I'm going to have a burrito. And like, it's, it's like Subway or Blimpy used to be like, you start at that end we're picking your bread and then your insides. Um, so we, we ate a little bit of something and I got there and I sat outside. It was beautiful. I mean, I'll send you guys a, a picture of just, you know, there's a cactus everywhere. The weather was beautiful. They said, they're like, this is the nicest time of year to be here. Um, and um, the next morning I had to be up at 7, but it's like I'm on a different time clock. So I, I, I woke up at 5, which is really 8 in New York because they're three hours uh, um, behind us. Um, but it's kind of crazy because, you know, I, and now I know my f- friends from California and the West Coast who do a lot of business in New York. They live on New York time. Like they're getting up at like five thirty, and they're they're taking calls starting at six a.m., which is nine a.m. here. And then they're working until like three o'clock in the afternoon, and then we're kind of shutting down around six o'clock. And then they kind of, they have the afternoon off. And that was, I experienced that um, Wednesday and Thursday, and it was kind of cool that like by three o'clock in where I was. Work was done. Now, I was both days. I was on the phone from 6 in the morning on. But it was it was so different from here because even though I was still working, you know, I was elsewhere and I kind of wanted to have a little bit of fun. And I, I did have a little bit of fun. Um, but going to a penitentiary is very different than going to a jail. You know, I'm used to going to jails here. I go to Rikers Island. I used to go to the Brooklyn House of Detention. I go to the MCC, which was closed down, the federal prison here or federal jail here and the the mdc the federal jail on 29th street and third avenue in brooklyn those are all people that i go to see that they're about to go to trial they're about to take a plea they're about to get acquitted and go home it's a whole different vibe than being in a penitentiary these are people who have been sentenced and most of them been sentenced for a long time very different vibe so we're going to take a little break and i'm going to talk to you about what a penitentiary is like in the middle of America, a maximum security penitentiary. Only on the Idola Power Hour, you get to hear these things. Don't go away.
Hey, it's Arthur Idala here, host of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. So this Tuesday, May the 2nd, I will be broadcasting live from the Pershing Square Cafe at 6 p.m., nestled right underneath the Park Avenue Viaduct and conveniently located across East 42nd Street from the landmark Grand Central Terminal in the heart of Midtown East. I will be chatting with Grand Central Partnership President Fred Cerullo about exciting developments happening in the Grand Central neighborhood. Access to everything is everything in Midtown East and the recent opening of the full-time Long Island Railroad service in and out of the new gleaming and beautiful Grand Central Madison has added to the neighborhood's unparalleled access to our regional and global transportation networks. Fred will join us to talk about the upward trajectory of the neighborhood in addition to highlighting some of our hottest new restaurants and bars and what's going on this spring and summer. Upcoming programming will include Bid Day in New York City on May 9th, Summer Solstice Music Festival live at Pershing Square Sounds. So come and join us Tuesday, May 2nd, at 6 p.m. at Pershing Square. It is going to be a blast. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Get some great weather for the weekend. Love it. Steely Dan is just a great, great, great artist. His whole album, you just play that thing, end to end album. Remember what albums were? I still call them albums. Flip it over, put it on the B side. So I'm talking to you a little bit about. Life in a penitentiary. It's interesting because now I'm going to say this without bragging, but I'm going to brag. We really don't. We have dozens and dozens and dozens of clients over the course of my career. I've now had thousands of clients. Luckily, I'll just blame it on luck, not on skill. Most of our clients don't go to jail for like these big hunks of time. Of course, there've been some, uh, you know, obvious ones like Mr. Weinstein, but the majority, the vast majority of the cases we handle, there's not that kind of crazy jail time 
where the people who I was going to see and, and, and those inmates, you know, they're doing real time, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, life. So this is a maximum, maximum federal facility. So I have this camera crew following me. I was wearing the same suit, but a different shirt and a different tie. So it looked a little different. I had a nice pocket square going. You definitely stand out, okay? There ain't a lot of people strolling through Tucson, Arizona, dressed like a New York City lawyer, and that's exactly what I looked yeah, like. Yeah, that's essentially the, the <laughs> desert, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm here with San Bolino and Sibilia. That's like a big tongue twister. San Bolino, Sibilia, San Bolino, San Bolino, San Bolino, San Bolino, San Bolino, San Bolino, San Bolino. What did you do to die today at 22 to 2? So now when you go to a jail here, um, and I call the local jails here, they're jails. Those are where people are incarcerated because they've been convicted. They're no longer cloaked in the uh, in innocence, in the presumption of innocence. Um, it's it's Those prisons are very different. First of all, the jails here are always hustling and bustling, usually, because their people are being kept close to where they live. So they're getting visits from family and friends. They're getting visits from lawyers and paralegals. When, you know, the, the person who I was visiting, he got convicted. He's a New Yorker. He got convicted here in, in Brooklyn, New York, and now he's in Arizona. So there's no one close to him uh, physically. Uh, his lawyers aren't close to him. I mean, I made this special trip just to go see him. And so they do the whole video thing of me coming out of the hotel, getting into the car, driving to... um driving to the the prison, which was pretty close to where we stayed. And, I mean, it's right out of the movies, right? It's First thing you see is these big watchtowers, right? So there's people up there. I mean, they're, they're high. They look like air traffic control towers. It was like five or six of them. And then just layers and rows of barbed wire fence. Not like It's not like there's one fence of barbed wire. There's like one fence, and then behind it is another fence, and then behind it is another fence, and then behind it is like five layers of fences of just razor-sharp bobbed wire. And then there's the big sign, and that's I did take a picture in front of that. So now we pull in, and these guys are videotaping me inside the car. So now I get out of the car, and there's some officers right there. Um, And it's, it's very clean, like outside. I mean, there's cars in a parking lot. It's very clean. And the building itself looks relatively new. And it turned out that it, it was new. I mean, it's relatively new. I think 2006. So you're, it's the federal, penitent, federal, I don't forget what it's called, Federal Correctional Institute, Tucson. So these guys say, I say, listen, guys, I'm a rookie. You know, what do I do? And they're like, oh, yeah, just go right in there. And they're very nice. And I go in there, and I'm used to seeing, like, these lines of people. There's nobody there. And it is immaculate. When I say it is immaculate, I mean Everything is white. It's pristine. It's like hospital clean. There's pictures of the president of the United States and the vice president of the United States and the attorney general, Merrick Garland, and some others who are like, I don't know, I guess the head of the Bureau of Prisons. There's a very nice young woman, and she gives me all the instructions. Like you got to take, you can't bring your phones in. Um, now, when you go to a jail around here, you really can't bring anything in. You have to, in your locker, you have to leave your watch, your key like everything she's like no you just have to lock your phones you can bring everything else in with you that was very weird to me so i just out of instinct i just locked everything in this little locker and i kept my pen and my pen go through the metal detector and now there's a man there waiting for me and this is an officer who's kind of in charge of this particular inmate 
and he's going to walk me to see the guy. Now, when you go to jail, you have to sign a form and f- sign him in, and then they got to call for him, and he's, you know, it, may, it could take you literally an hour until from when you walk in to when you see a guy. So I'm walking in. They stamp your hand. You got to put your hand under this um, special infrared light to show that you've been through security. And now I go in, and there's a big visiting room, and there's got to be 40 inmates in there. They're all wearing, like, dark green, and there's a guy standing in front of them, like, talking, like, lecturing. And they're all sitting at, like, picnic table kind of things and some pull-up chairs. And the guard who's escorting me goes, I'm sorry about this. He goes, I said, what's going on? He goes, it's psychology class. I go, psychology class? He goes, yeah, a psychologist comes in and speaks to them um, on a regular basis just to talk them through, you know, being in prison. Well, folks, you know, obviously you can't take. Oh, when I first got in, these as I'm signing in, these two officers come over to me like, "Sir, excuse me, were you um were you photographing anything when you came in here?" Now I wasn't photographing anything, but they were photographing me. But they were in the car, just photographing me in the car. I was like, "Well, I wasn't photographing anything, but there was someone in the car." Well, you can't do that. And I was like, "Yes, sir. I apologize, sir. I didn't know." I said, "You know, they were really just the camera was on me, not on the institution." Okay, we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. Yes, sir. So then I walk into this big room, and, I mean, what a cast of characters. Um, I mean, the majority of them look like, the majority by far was Caucasian, um, like by far. And, um, you know, you see some wild tattoos. I mean, there was this one guy, his whole head, he had a bald head like me. The whole head was tattooed. His face was tattooed. It was wild. Um you, um, a lot of different kind of hair growth on the face, all kinds of different beards and things like that. Some guys have crew cuts, some guys have hair down to the middle of their back, which I didn't think you were allowed to do. And they're all just sitting there. And of course, now this guy's lecturing and I walk in with this suit and this file and I, you know, it's a big distraction, but they, they lead me to the, um, to the, my client. So from the period when I got dropped off to when I saw my client it was like five minutes. Anyone who does what I do knows that that's like, fantastic and just unheard of but again this is not these are not guys who are waiting to go to prison these are guys who are they've been sentenced to prison so i meet this gentleman for the first time i'd never communicated with him in any way shape or form we spent four hours together but for the first at least half hour i was really just talking to him about life in prison because this is a person who had never been in trouble in his life and now he's sentenced to many decades behind bars and one of the reasons why I was there, of several reasons, was to show the staff that this individual has someone looking after him, someone who's been in the industry or been in this field for many years and has some, some clout and has some juice because he hasn't really been treated as perfectly or, or according to the rules of the prison as they should be. I'll give you a very simple example. Under our civil rights and the rules of the prison, the Bureau of Prison, you're allowed to get a razor and to be able to shave, I think, every three days. They wouldn't allow this guy to shave for, I think, three or four months. He said, I looked like Papa Smurf. Um, just, you know, the, the food and his access to food or lack thereof. So, you know, if, when someone's in the hospital, and this is human nature, when someone's in the hospital and the family's going every day to keep an eye on them, that, that person just gets treated better by everyone. It's it's human nature, by the nurses, by the orderlies, by the doctors. Whereas if someone's there and no one's looking after them, there's a little less pressure on people to attend to someone. So they see me walk in. The whole staff was there. One of the deputy wardens was there. So they see now, okay, 
this individual has someone looking after him. Um, but I was fascinated. First of all, I was nervous walking into the prison. I'd never, I don't, maybe once or twice I'd been in actual prison. Just the fear of the unknown. And there's a certain amount of fascination. I mean, what was that TV show? Orange is the Black, which was civilian. Orange is the New Black. Right. That's all about prison. Isn't Oz all about prison? Yes, I believe Oz is about Correct. prison. Right. So, I mean, it's, it is a fascinating, it's, it's basically a world unto its own. Um, anyone who's in prison will tell you the worst part about prison is not being able to leave. Like, there is no second worst part. Like, the worst part is not being able to leave all the holidays, all the birthdays, all the whatever. It's a beautiful day out. And this is a, a maximum security prison. So it's the real deal. And I spoke to this guy for four hours. Again, the first half hour was really about what life in prison was like. And he was in solitary confinement for one time. Oh, he told me, he goes, I don't think 10% of the population, but maybe 8% is transgender. I'm like, really? How does that work? Um, he said, it's interesting, you know, um, he said, I, I don't really see a, a much abuse. I hear about it here and there, but, um, at the end he gave me a, a big compliment or he actually gave Katie Rossman a big compliment. He goes, you know, obviously I didn't know you. We just spent all of this time together. That woman who wrote the New York times profile about you, she really nailed it. She goes, you are exactly who I imagined you to be after reading that article. So after I was done, um, I got picked up. There was no real revelations. Um, there's nothing he told me like I didn't know. It was really just to get to know each other. I got picked up. There was more video. I uh, had a studio. And then I was taken to an airport, and I flew to Los Angeles. And we'll talk about L.A. right after this break. Coming up at 7 o'clock tonight, it's Radio Night Live and all things fun for your Friday. Christine Nicholas and Kevin McCullough join you with uh, great ideas to keep your weekend fun. We'll see you then. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back the president and CEO of Emblem Health, Karen Ignani, to bring us up to date on how Emblem is keeping up with the healthcare industry. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 with an encore at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. This is Mike Gallagher. Visit the Holy Land with me and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like Stand With Israel. StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's 
campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or the School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Now sleep till... We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. And I am heading to Brooklyn tonight to Fompon uh, Hall Academy to watch my beautiful niece, Juliana, uh, in her role in Mean Girls. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, looking to see a little high school play. That's always fun. I'm going to have Luca Joseph Idala with me. I'm sure my sister and brother-in-law will be there. It'll be a great, um, you know, when you leave town and you, as much as I had a great time, you appreciate what you do have here. And I have a beautiful, beautiful life here. I am so blessed. I'm so lucky on so many fronts. Um, let me just give you a couple more takeaways from prison. You don't want to be there. And I know that sounds like, of course, Arthur, you don't want to be there. But you really don't want to be there. Um, And here was an interesting takeaway. I said to him, I said, this place is so clean. Now, I've been to the place he was before, the MDC. I was like, this place is so clean. It seems so nice. And he said, yeah. I could see he was hesitant. And I said, well, compared to the MDC, he's like, yeah, it's much cleaner than the MDC. He goes, 
but it, it's it's a sadder place and a much more boring place. I said, really? He said, in the MDC, there's a... Uh, he didn't use the term joie de vivre, like love of life, but there's a lot more energy, he said that, and a lot more fun. And he basically credited the African-American community and the Hispanic community that's in the MDC with having that vibe. Like, he goes, you know, they... they we're having a good time. Um, but, and he said here, it's like basically a whole bunch of old fat white guys um, who is just, you know, it's a, it's a, just a quieter place, a sadder place, a much more mellow place. But anyone who's listening who uh, is thinking about doing things they shouldn't be doing, it is definitely not where you want to be. Um, I mean, this client is holding up strong. He uh, he's he's a very smart guy, but came off as a very down to earth individual. Um, but, you know, he's bringing us in to see if there's any way for him to overturn his conviction. So if you're thinking about, you know, the, the, you're looking at the high road and the low road and the low road's going to wind you up in prison. Take the high road. Even if it means you make less money or you get less of what you want or or things are harder. You know, believe me, when I was walking towards those prison doors to go in, all I was thinking was, is thank God I'm coming out because you don't want to be the guy. Because, you know, in federal court, you often self-surrender. Um, and so you could be out and then the judge sentences you and gives you like two months to get your affairs in order. And then you're going to walk in. And sometimes, you know, you're walking in for a decade or two. Uh, or or two years. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in there for two months. I wouldn't want to be in there for two hours, like literally. You know, you're told what time to wake up. What that you're told what to eat. You know, we, we make. They say I don't. know, There's one of these commercials that you know you you make thirty five thousand decisions a day. Thirty five thousand. Like which soap to use, which shampoo to use, which toothpaste to use. You know, do I get a cup of coffee with milk, without milk? You know, when you're in. Incarcerated, you, I don't know if you make 3,500 decisions because all the decisions are made for you. So, you know, my takeaway was, yeah, you don't really want to be in prison for any period of time. I know that sounds like, okay, Arthur, everybody knows that. But when you're there and you see it and you see the barbed wire and it, it's so cold and so sterile. And I asked him, I was like, you know, what do you miss most? And he was thinking and I was like, do you miss just being hugged? And like loved, and he was like, "Yeah, absolutely." He's like, "You know, there's no, there's no love in here," um, and it, it's just things we take for granted. You know, love. I mean, love, God. Those things are just things we assume. You know, that you're going to get a hug or you're going to give one, and that's not really happening where they are. Um, so, I jumped on a plane and I went to Los Angeles, and that's a quick tra- plane ride, and you know it. I'm just so fascinated about airports because as you're walking through the airport, you see people from all walks of life and you just look at those boards. Who's going to the Dominican Republic? Who's going to Colorado? Who's going to France? And you're like, just the, the miracle of flight. You know, you're, it's almost out of Star Trek. I mean, you know, we're not there yet. But, you know, you just stand in the machine and you just get transported elsewhere. And it's basically what we're doing. And it's, the seats are tight and it's inconvenient. But just think of the miracle of it all. Like, and I'm walking through, I'm like, maybe I just blow everything off and just get on the plane to Colorado. I've never been to Colorado. I'd love to go to Colorado. It's just, a beautiful state. Yeah, I know. I'm dying to go there. I really am. I'm really dying to go there. I'm dying to go to Israel. I'm really dying to go to Israel. 
Um, but the, the whole airport scene is just miraculous. And I like it. You know, I, I, I love the bars there and I love going in the Hudson news and, and just milling about. I, I, it's great. I'm very, very lucky. Very lucky. Um, so I get to L.A. and I get in a car and I go to this restaurant um, called Vito's, which is like this old school, super old school Italian restaurant in L.A. in Santa Monica, which is the area. I almost moved to L.A. I was offered a job there in television by Dr. Phil in 2009. And it was a very serious offer. And they flew me out there two or three times. And I was picking a neighborhood to live in. I, I thought I was going to live in Santa Monica. It was by the beach. It was beautiful, and but it was like I had a little bit of a neighborhood feel. But it was my buddy Bruce Sharrett's birthday, and it was only about a dozen of us. But what an unbelievable cast of characters! Everyone's so nice. And now, because of my friendship with Bruce, I, I've met. I think there was only maybe one person there who I had not met at least once before. Maybe two people, but it was great. We had a great meal. Uh, my friend Susan brought brought some crazy wine, some beautiful Brunello de Montalcino wine which is my favorite wine from Tuscany, but in a restaurant, it's not that inexpensive. And I had a wonderful time. And, you know, again, my clock was all thrown off, so I'd been up since 6 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, by the time we wrapped up dinner at 10.30, I was a little tired. But, you know, so I go to my hotel, and I'm like, well, I don't want to just go to sleep at 10.30. So I went out by myself, and I just roamed around, and I found this really cool wine bar, um, called Wally's and it, I, was, I was right in Beverly Hills because my friend owns a hotel there so I get this really cheap price and I mean Beverly Hills is just beautiful I mean it's really beautiful they have the main strip there and I don't know what it's called Beverly Boulevard or something like that right I really I really really love this is that, is that correct Sam? I, th- I think it is yeah Beverly Boulevard yeah. and uh but here's the thing here's L- here's there's LA to New York I mean it worked out for me but at 11:59, in this beautiful I mean they had fantastic wines on display in other words, you, it, the whole walls was just wines and wines. And there was a whole area of, of liquor. I mean, my dad would have gone crazy looking at all the different spirits. And 11.59, the lights go on. And by 12.10, 12.15, everyone's got, I mean, they chase you out. They're like, you have to leave. You have to leave. I'm like, what's up? New York, it's at least till 2, if not 4. They're like, yeah, yeah you're not in New York. Um, and then yesterday, uh, which seems like a year ago, I went to uh, the Beverly Hills Car Club. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the industrial area of Los Angeles. And from the outside, it looks like it's nothing. And anyone who's been listening to this show and knows about my friend Lauren Fix, who's always on this show, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it was automobile pornography. I walked, oh. into, the, I walked into this place. And from the outside, it looks like nothing. And then you walk in, and it had to be, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate, like 100,000 square foot. It was huge. It was like the Javits Center. Of all classic cars, not one new clothes, what not one, not one new um, car in the place. Maybe like the newest car is like, I don't know, a 2015 or which is a decade old almost. And every car, <laughs> you know, Mustangs and Corvettes to Ferraris and Porsches, Rolls Royce, Bentley. I mean, I was out of my mind. It is a huge hobby of mine. I read all the car magazines. I just, it's in my DNA. I don't know if my father put it in my DNA. I, I, I was in there. I called Bruce because I was supposed to be in for lunch. I'm like, Bruce, I'm going to be here for a while. I, I mean, and I made friends with one of the salesmen, and he let me sit in all the cars, and it was, it was, ama- it was amazing. And then I went and saw Alan Grubman, who is going to be on this show very shortly. He is the lawyer who is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame representing everyone from Madonna to Bruce Springsteen. 
and I went to his house in Beverly Hills, and we chatted about the Friars Club. And um, when we come back, I'm going to talk to uh, Joe Sibili about the Friars Club. We're going to have a little Padre Luz libation as well as we wrap up a week. Um, it was a great week for me. I, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. I, I, I count my blessings. I don't take things for granted. I'm lucky to have a wife like Marianne who tolerates me bouncing around. I mean, I did do some work, but Thursday, to be honest, was, was a fun day. Of course, I was on the phone a lot. But as I was saying earlier, by like 3 o'clock at 6 p.m. here, Everything was done. So from 3 o'clock on, I got to enjoy myself until I got to the airport and got on a midnight flight and didn't sleep too much and came back here. But um, there was some Friars Club news that broke when I was out there, which was great because Bruce and Susan are involved in the Friars Club with me. So I was able to deal with that. And L.A. looked beautiful. Look, I didn't go to any of the nasty parts. I went to all the nice parts, Santa Monica and, and Beverly Hills. But I really like it there. I wish it was closer. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Joe Sibilia about the Friars Club podcast and do a little Padre Luz libation. Don't go anywhere. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Let's go on a trip. My friend and morning show host Joe Piscopo has teamed up with Steve Perillo to create a special offer to our AM 970 audience, a special Perillo tour with Joe Piscopo. Three nights in Rome, seeing the important sites like the Vatican, the Colosseum, the Forum, as well as a special dinner performance by Joe Piscopo, which is so much fun. Then fly to Sicily and spend four nights in Taromina with day trips like Syracuse, adorned by Greek, Roman, and Baroque architecture. Next Taromina's Godfather Tour. Visit the medieval villages of Forza de Argo and Savoca. See the famous Bar Vitelli, where Michael Corleone asked Apollonia's father for her hand in marriage. Next, on to beautiful Palermo for three more nights before flying home. Rome and Sicily, what a great customized trip. A Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. So call today, 1-800-431-1515. That's one 800 4 311515 or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. Sambolino has a reason why this song is being played right now. 
Sam Bellino, take it, it away. It's a little bit of a dark reason, but today in 1982, the California State Assembly Consumer Protection Committee heard testimony from experts who claimed that when Stairway to Heaven was played backward, contained the words, uh, this is a quote, I sing because I live with Satan. The Lord turns me off. There's no escaping it. Here's to my sweet Satan, whose power is Satan. He will give you 666. I live for Satan, end quote. Oh, and my God. Uh, you know, this is what you're saying on AM 970, the answer, the Christian station, Zambolino? I am not condoning it. Uh, it was a quote. Chief of operations. <laughs> so nobody listen to the show backwards, please. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. There you go. Thank you. So um, um, real quick, the um, New York Post ran the story about the Friars Club and um, financial distress and that we uh, we're we're looking to sell the building, but stay in the building just as tenants as opposed to as landlords. And I got so many calls, like gr- from very important people, very important New Yorkers, people in the industry, people in the field, who um, want to help, are going to support us. It's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was I was beyond thrilled. Um, and Joe Sibilia, he runs the Friars Club podcast, and we lost a great uh, syndicated television guru in Jerry Springer. Yes. And tell me about that, uh, Mr. Sibelius. So Jerry Springer, for those who don't know, uh, was a member of the Friars Club. He was roasted uh, at the Friars Club in California, and he was also a member in New York. And uh, Jerry was kind enough to be a guest on the Friars Club podcast. Now, we taped this back in January, so this could very well be one of his last ever interviews that was done, and it's a great episode. I'm going to be posting... Uh, sort of a, uh, a uh, an encore presentation of that episode in tribute to Jerry this week. Uh, and we talk about everything from uh, the roast uh, to his friendship with Rodney Dangerfield to his own career hosting America's Got Talent, his appearance on The Masked Singer. And Jerry Springer, you have to realize, a lot of people are very critical of Jerry and his show and what his show stood for. But really, he has revolutionized the media landscape because you would not have the reality television shows that we have without Jerry Springer, and he really embodied the American dream. He uh, was an immigrant from England. Uh, His parents had fled Germany. They were Jewish refugees, and uh, he lost some relatives in the Holocaust. Came to the United States uh, and grew up here and ended up working uh, with Bobby Kennedy on his 1968 presidential campaign, Uh, went into politics himself and was the mayor of Cincinnati, and then uh, got into local news, and then my friend Bert Dubrow, who is also a member of the Friars Club and has been on the podcast, sort of plucked him from that news job and made him the host of the Jerry Springer Show, and the rest is history. So he uh, you go. truly is an icon and was a great guy, and it's a great episode of the Friars Club podcast. And thank tell you to people, you tell, and Jerry Crowley. Oh, please, tell me how um, people can hear this. Uh, if you, you just Google Friars Club podcast, it should come right up. You can listen to it on Apple. You can listen on uh, Google, Spotify. Uh, basically anywhere podcasts are found, and we've had some uh, wonderful guests on uh, who are uh, members of the Friars Club, and that's thanks in no smart, small part to the Friars Club uh, for arranging for these guests to come on. It's you a, are the man. Thank you so much. Um, Thank and, you. You know, following Joe Sibelia can only be a Padre Lou Libation because <laughs> he's a big, big drinker. Definitely. Diet um, Coke all weekend. <laughs> so here's what Padre has to say. Sometimes you've opened the bottle of Prosecco, and you have some left over in your refrigerator. So- Here's what how to put it to good use, especially now. I mean, this the weather's not going to be great this weekend, but we're getting there. I, I, a little bit of gin, like a, uh, a shot and a half of gin. Now, Padre goes on these 
it used to be uh, the the orange liqueurs. Now it's French chartreuse liqueur. Now I saw a headline after I read this last week about French chartreuse liqueur that it's getting harder and harder to find. Um, I think it's made by monks, or it used to be made by monks, the Carthusian monks in France. So what Padre is saying is go a shot and a half of gin, a shot and a half of chartreuse, and then add about like three three shots, like three ounces of the Italian Prosecco and squeeze in some fresh lime juice. You want to put it in a shaker and stir it, although I don't know, or shake it, but that gets rid of some of the bubbles. So, oh, Padre says, see, he's so smart. You can also use a long spoon and stir it. That's what I would recommend. I would not shake it. I would stir it. And then as you pour it into the cocktail glass and you add a lemon peel and you sip and savor and swallow it, you could thank your Italo Franco Padre Lou libation cocktail. You could thank our great warriors of World War II rescuing both the Italians and the French from the grips of the Nazis so that we could have the Italo Franco Padre Lou libation. Gin, chartreuse, prosecco, and lime. Sounds good. Um, I had a couple of good um, libations in... Um, in Los Angeles, not any in, in Arizona. You know, I've basically just been doing wine and beer ever since Ash Wednesday, and that, it's a good way to go. But it was a celebratory situation, and, and uh, Bruce took us to a Polish restaurant last night, which, it's so funny, Bruce said, have you ever eat Polish food? And I said, well, coincidentally, about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, one night after the Idola Power Hour when Luca was with me, we were heading back to Bay Ridge. I said, Luca, you know, what do you want to do for dinner? And he says, why don't we go to the Polish restaurant? Because on 3rd Avenue, and I think it's like 83rd or 82nd Street, there's a Polish restaurant. And we did. And I will tell you, Polish cuisine, it, it's, it's, it could be, I mean, it was great last night. I had a duck dish that was fantastic, but I had something I'd never have. And I love trying new things. Sambolino, I know you, your mom's matzo ball soup was spectacular. <laughs> yes. have, you, have you ever had pickle soup? I know. I can't say that I have. So I asked the waitress, I go, how's the pickle soup? She goes, do you like pickles? I go, I love pickles. She goes, it's my favorite thing on the menu. And it was great. It was like, a, it was like pickles. With, it was like a buttery part of it. And there was just some, a little bit of onions and a little bit of potatoes. But mostly it was broth. And it was absolutely delicious. Then I had duck with um, some Brussels sprouts. Delicious. And then I had some um, uh, pierogies. Some with, with beef and onions. And oh, the other one was the traditional ones. good. Yeah, and I thought I was eating well at Panda Express. Forget it. I gotta go. Yeah, to well, you place. could Sibelia, right down the block from you. Just go to Third Avenue. Really? And there's the Polish. There's a. It's very nice. It's a small place. The guy in there is very, very, very nice. You can tell him you're friends with the Idolas. He'll take I will. Really good fr- care of you, and the food is really good. The Meet dentist Sibelia. took care of me when I said I know Arthur. Well, so the dentist is that, she, she, that Dr. Verano. That's a whole other story. Oh yeah. I went, to, I went to high school with her. She's a beautiful woman, and we have a lot of fun together when we're. When I'm in the chair and she's... As uh, is her niece. Uh, very, very lovely. See, this is, this is the beauty of Brooklyn, Sambolino. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. you, right? right? Everybody's the, got a guy. Well, I've got a guy, Vinny Lafayette. But Bay Ridge does have that small community feel, which is I, great. I, it's, it's, it's why I live there. You know, I, I, I really, really enjoy being in a neighborhood. I, I enjoy going into the bar, and it's like Cheers, you know, where everybody knows your name. Um, and... Uh, so this weekend, you know, I usually wake up early on a Saturday, take Ariana for a long walk, and I get my exercise in, and I make I call. So just to give you a little inside baseball, it's also when I usually call, like, the partners in the law firm. I'm sure they're not thrilled about it. 
to get an 8.30 a.m. phone call from, you know, the managing partner. But it's kind of when I check in, hey, what's up? I don't know, you know, what did I miss this week or what's going on next week? And I'll do that first. I'll do it to Imran and then I'll correct Jack Arino. I always talk to Judge Cammons. I talk to Judge Cammons every single day, basically. Like him and my mother are the two people I talk to every day. Um, I'll bother Judge Leventhal. He'll keep it short. I'll see. Usually I catch Diana. She's in the supermarket doing her weekend shopping so she can cook for her children. Esposito, you never know what he's up to. But that's part of running a law firm, or I think any business, I should just say. You know, you got to keep in touch with people and you got to let them know that you're concerned about them in a positive way and, and that you're there for them. And, you know, how can I help and how can I make things better? Um, so that'll be tomorrow. But on Sunday, it's my wedding anniversary. So I want to just end the show um, by saying thank you to Marianne Bertuna. Um, she's been, we've been friends when she started as my intern in 1999 when we met at a wedding, Peter DeLuca's wedding. And, um, we, you know, she's been in my life and her family have been in my life since 1999. And this is our seventh year wedding anniversary. I don't have a seven year inch for the, for the record. Um, I think we're going to have a family filled day. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of romance involved, but I love being with Ariana. Obviously, I love being with Arthur, and Luke is going to be with us, which is, he's my hes my spine, my constitution. So, Marianne, thank you. Thank you for letting me be me and letting me do my stuff. I mean, obviously, no marriage is perfect, and sometimes I'm in trouble, often, actually. But overall, she she never stops me from reaching for the stars, and for that, Marianne, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you so much. Happy anniversary. I hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Relax a little bit. Do something to better yourself. Read something. Watch a documentary. I look forward to seeing you Monday. And Tuesday, we're going to be live from Grand Central. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.